So before we start the episode, I just want to let you all know that in some spots of the audio, um, it gets a little bit weird where you can hear like this kind of like beeping sound in the background. So just try to ignore it. I know it it happened in a different episode. I don't know what's going on. Um, I'm going to try to figure it out, but I'm just letting you all know like I, 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 I know that it's going on. Um, but also, um, the audio in the interview gets a little bit quiet in some places, so um, just during that part, I would suggest turning your volume up a little bit. Um, and that's it. So enjoy the episode, guys. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Uh, okay. I am so unbelievably excited for this episode because not only is it the 10th episode, but I have a guest on this episode and oh, she's amazing. Um, She's my best friend, has been for around, I think, six years now, which is insane. Um, But we're we're really close. Um, I tell her everything. She tells me everything. Like, Um, we're just really, really close friends, and so that's why, and since she gives such good advice, and she's, like, kind of my therapist, um, (laughs) and we're, we're kind of each other's therapists, but, um, because, uh, she gives such good advice, I wanted to bring her on, um, for the topic for this week, which is toxic friendships, and I'm gonna get into that later, but I also wanted to touch on some other things, um, quick in this intro. First of all, um, what the heck? Thank you all so much for 200 listens total. Like, that's literally so insane. Um, 10 episodes, I didn't, I literally, when I started this, it was just a small little project that I thought for fun, and it still is small. Like, don't get me wrong, um, 200 listens is not that, not that, it's not a big number, but, um, judging from the fact that I wasn't expecting anyone to listen, and now I have 200 listens and, 10 episodes. That's so crazy. And just thank you guys so much. Um, thank you for the support. Um, it, it means a lot to see you all come back every week and to, um, listen and, uh, just, you guys are amazing. Um, thanks for taking a chance on this podcast. I know 200 listens is not a lot in the long run, but it, it means a lot to me. So, um, just thank you all so much. Um, okay. The other thing that I wanted to touch on is something that I possibly can make an episode on, but I just wanted to put out there really quick. Um, I've been, so obviously I listen to a lot of podcasts. If you didn't know, now you know. I might make a mini episode one week if I don't have time. I might make an episode about all the podcasts I listen to and why you should listen to them, stuff like that. Um, but I've been listening to a lot of podcasts recently, and a lot of them have been talking about, like, the beauty standard, which I covered in the body positivity episode, but I think what I did not cover in that episode is the amount of work that people have done and... I kind of want to just talk about it because I feel like there's this huge stigma around like nose jobs and fillers and like getting your butt done and stuff like that. Um, and like Botox and all that. Here's my opinion on it. I just kind of wanted to touch on it quick. Like I said, I might make an episode on it. I'm not completely sure right now. 
if you want to get a nose job, go ahead. Do it. If you are doing it for you because you think that it would make you more confident, do it. Literally, do it. Obviously, I'm... It can be detrimental for people to sit here and be like, well, you're beautiful the way you are. You don't need to change anything. If you want to change something about yourself and you have the means to do it and you're doing it for you and you feel like you're going to be more confident, then do it. If that's going to make you happier, do it. I don't think, though, that you should change your whole body. I don't think that you should necessarily mold yourself into looking like someone you're not. If you, like, let's just say you want to get a nose job and people are like, well, you look beautiful the way you are. They're literally right. You are gorgeous the way you are. You don't need to change anything about yourself. But if you're doing it for you and you're like, I've taken a lot of time to research this. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm getting myself into and I know what I want. Then do it. If, 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 if you're going to be happier, then go ahead. But what you should not do is pretend like you have not gotten work done when you clearly have. I'm not going to point out names. I'm not going to name names. But there are people out there on the internet who have clearly gotten work done. Plastic surgeons have looked at their videos and their pictures and are like, they have gotten work done. I can, like, I, I, I do this for a living. I know what they did. Don't pretend like you didn't get work done when you have gotten work done. Because, um, it's, it's just, it's, there are going to be, um, young, impressionable men and women and people looking at that and being like, if they say that they're all natural and they have never gotten anything done, they have never changed anything about themselves, well then, why don't I look like that? Like, why am I not perfect like them. Like, people say perfection doesn't exist, but they're perfect. Like, they they look like that. Why don't I look like that? Like, it, it can be so detrimental for young people to look at your stuff and see you lying about it. And then, like, those fitness... The things that really bother me are, like, the fitness accounts where people have clearly, clearly gotten butt injections. And then they're like, oh my gosh, guys, here's my butt routine. And if you do this every day... You're going to get this, but I almost said something else, but this is family friendly. Um, if you clearly have gotten work done and you're like, if you do this X amount of squats every day, you can look like this. That's not going to happen. People are going to be doing 500 squats a day and they're not going to get look like that because you're, you're, you natural does not even look like that. You got work done. Like, be honest about it, okay? It's so detrimental for so many people to look at that and say, well, why don't I look like that? I'm doing what they're doing, but I don't look like that. It's it's so, it's it's just dishonest and it doesn't make you look good. <sighs> okay, sorry for that mini rant. I just wanted to touch on it um, a minute for a minute. <clears throat> and honestly, another thing is, like, obviously, like I said, if you're going to be happier in your own skin doing it, then do it go ahead. But the beauty standard is constantly changing. So you're really going to change yourself now only for the beauty standard to change in five years. And then what are you going to do? You're going to go get another surgery? Like, 
it's not worth it. If you're able to be confident in your own skin without getting work done, great. If you get work done, great. But like the thing is, if you, if the only way that you're feeling good about yourself is that because you got work done, that says a lot about your self-esteem. And there's always going to be that feeling in the back of your mind. You're like, the only reason I feel beautiful is because this is not actually me. It's, I personally don't think anyone needs to get work done. And I don't personally think that, I personally think that everyone's beautiful in their own way. And you don't need to get work done in order to be beautiful. You don't need to change anything about yourself in order to be beautiful. But some people want to do that. And so obviously this is a platform that I use. I want to support people here. I don't want to bring anybody down. I support you. I support your decision. Go ahead, do what you want. I will still love you. I think still think you're beautiful. But you, I also don't think that you need to do anything to be beautiful. I think you were beautiful before and after. I don't think that how beautiful you are changed because you got yourself surgically altered, like, or you got injections. Like, I don't think that you need to change anything about yourself to be better because I think you're perfect the way you are. And I know that perfect doesn't exist, but you get what I'm saying. I think you're amazing and incredible the way you are and you don't need to change anything about that um so that's just my opinion um okay sorry for the rant I think we're just gonna get right into the episode like I said I have my best friend Olivia coming on she literally I'm recording this after I've already recorded with her um she literally was amazing I think she did such a good great great job for her like debut in podcasting um we had such a good time and I really hope you guys enjoy this. So like I said, this topic is on um, toxic friendships and yeah, enjoy. Okay, so I have someone in the room with me today, except she's not really in the room. She's like kind of technically in the room, but not really. Okay, introducing Olivia. Hello. Oh my gosh, this is this is this is fun but also weird because I'm not used to like talking with someone else here. So this is this is going to be fun. Okay, so do you want to tell people as much as or as little as you're comfortable telling about yourself? Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm really similar to Ava. She's told you anything about herself, just a big general. Definitely. <laughs> She's also very athletic. Oh yes, three sports under my belt. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so just, I guess we'll just jump right in. Um, so I know I've dealt with, like, toxic, I've been in toxic friendships, three to be exact, which is kind of saying something about the friends I surround myself with, but, um, we like the people in my life now. Um, before we were talking, you said you have never actually been in a toxic friendship, but you have witnessed one, right? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't have to talk about that one because obviously we want, we want to protect people and we don't want 
to like expose people. That's not the point of this. But I do think that it's going to be good to have like another perspective, not just someone who has experienced it, but also like being that friend who sees their friend going through it. Yeah. It could be interesting. So I've had a lot, or I've dealt with three, and I can tell from personal experience that it's, like, it's really, really hard, and it, like... Don't worry, I saved it. (laughs) (laughs) The weird videos my sister shows me. We love that. See, that's why I can't. Okay, we'll buy it now. A yellow one! Might just leave that in, but we'll see. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut it out, don't worry. <clears throat> you should, just, you should like, edit yourself and say, a brief intermission from... <laughs> yeah. We love siblings. Oh, yeah. Of course. Okay, so I feel like um, like losing a friend like that, especially a friend who, like, you thought you were close to, I feel like it's almost – it's not – I can't – I don't really think it's fair to compare it to a breakup, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because they're not, like, the same thing. But I feel like, in a way, it's almost harder than a breakup because, like, relationships – romantic relationships like come and go but like friends are supposed to be forever and it's just I don't know what do you think yeah I agree like usually you hear like people and they're like oh we've been best friends since middle school yeah they're in their 30s or something and it's like well I had a best friend that was my friend in preschool but we don't talk anymore Mm -hmm. it's just weird sometimes yeah, and especially because sometimes people don't have those friends that they've had, like, lifelong, and a lot of people, like, don't have lo- lifelong friends because those friends turned out to not be very good people. It's yeah. yeah, it's just weird to see, like, all the different dynamics. It's hard when people grow up because you grow as a person, mm-hmm. and sometimes you grow in one direction, and your friend will grow in another, and you're like, well kind of weird when we hang out who don't enjoy the same things anymore yeah yeah I just feel like it's also it's really scary to let friends go especially when they're toxic because like that person like knows you like they've especially if it's like been a lifelong friend like they know everything about you and like they were important to you too and it's like if they leave they're not only is that going to be hard because you're losing a friend, but, like, they have all this knowledge and all of these things. Like, they know everything you've been through. And so it's like, what are they going to do with that? Especially because now you're seeing their true colors and you're like, well, is this really, like, this obviously isn't a good person. It's, I feel like it's really, it's really scary to do that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And confrontation is just scary in general. (laughs) Making decisions. Don't even get started. So I know for me, and I also want to get your perspective on this, um, the way I noticed that I was in a toxic friendship was, or that the person I was friends with was toxic, was that, like, 
all three of them made me feel bad about myself. And it's like, you, we hear these sayings, like, they're supposed to bring friends and, like, partners are supposed to bring out the best in you. But, like, I feel like that can also be a huge thing where it's like, if they're not bringing out the best in you, are they really good for you? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, just, like, making jokes at your expense, kind of bringing you down in general, I feel like is a huge thing that I started to notice. And then I feel, I also feel like it's a pattern, too, where it becomes a pattern where they're like, you're, you're always bringing me down, but when do you ever help me up? Like, you never, I feel like there's something like that. Like, did you notice any of those things with? Yeah, in the, uh, scenario I witnessed, uh, they'd get mad at each other constantly, but then you'd be like, wow, they're really mad at each other. Are they finally gonna just, like, stop? Yeah. But then, like, an hour later, they'd be acting like best friends again. They'd be like, what's going on here? Yeah, I feel like that on and off dynamic is also, like, a huge sign of, like, Mm -hmm. it's not good for you because then how are you supposed to know like you can't make jokes with them you can't do anything because you don't yeah. know if they're on or off like it's yeah. it's such a huge and they didn't like they seemed super happy when they were like acting all like best friends but as mm-hmm. soon as they got mad at each other it was like they were living through like just the worst time of their life yeah and you're like that's also kind of leading into what you say, like, when you guys hang out, you don't feel happy or good about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's a sign. Yeah, and I feel like that also wastes your time. Like, you could be spending time with your other friends. You could be spending time with people that you enjoy hanging out with and that, like, you have fun around instead of being around people who are negative and aren't good for you and yeah. don't make you feel good about yourself in any way because I feel like friends obviously should be honest with each other like if you have something in your teeth I'm going to tell you if I have if like I have something in my teeth you're going to tell me like that's what friends do but it comes I feel like it also comes to a certain line where there's a point where you're being helpful and you're telling this person if they need to fix something or, like, if there's, like, you're being honest with them, but then there's a point where they're, like, no, now you're just dragging on me and, like, you're just ripping at me all the time. Mm -hmm. I think another um, thing is, like, when people act like they don't care or they don't have time for you or they don't make time for you. And, like, I mean, like, obviously we're all busy, right? Of course, yeah. But when you don't see someone for, like, three months, because obviously this is different, like, quarantine is different, but, like, if they're not making an effort to, like, I feel like relationships in general have to be 50-50, where it can't be one person always reaching out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, like, you're always starting the conversation, it means that they probably are not actively being like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. Mm-hmm. you constantly wondering about them and them not really putting an effort in. Yeah. And then it makes the other person feel like you don't care about them because you're not making an effort to do 
something with yeah. them. You're not showing them that you care about them. So what are they supposed to think? Right. <clears throat> and I feel like when people are like, like what you were just saying with the situation that you witnessed where people are always like, when they're always mad at them or they're always, you're, someone's always mad at you or you're always at mad at someone for something. Little things. Yeah. Or like, yeah, like the little things when it's this tiniest thing, like they could have accidentally like bumped you and you, and it turns into like a screaming match, like something like that. That's an extreme example, but obviously it's okay to get in fights, and fights are healthy for a relationship. Yeah, as long as they aren't, like, fist-throwing. Right. Yeah, but you also have to get, I feel like you have to, like, get good at fighting to the point where it's okay to fight, but, like, you shouldn't, you should be able to have conversations about it and talk about it. Because I feel like if you don't talk about it and you don't express your feelings on something, it's like you don't care enough to actually want to resolve the problem. And then there's, like, the flip side where you're like, well, if you never fight, then it's like Like you don't care. Yeah, who's the one always getting in then? Right. And, like, obviously, like, I'm meaning, like, when I say never fight, like, you don't have to get into huge fights, like... We've never gotten in a huge fight. That doesn't mean that we have a toxic friendship. Like, we've gotten into disagreements and we've yes. gotten irritated at one another, but it's not, we don't let it get to that screaming match, if that makes sense. Right. Like, we don't let yeah. it to get to that point. We talk about it. We communicate. Mm-hmm. Or if we sense that something's a little uncomfortable for the other person, we usually just change the topic. Right. We catch it when it's early. And then we, we've probably resolved a lot of, like, fights before it even starts because we catch it early i feel like that also has to do with us knowing each other so well yeah and then i feel like i i don't remember if i said this already but like the hot and cold thing did i say that you mentioned it you didn't go into much detail about it i think i said on and off but yeah yeah just like the one time one second you're fine then the next second that you're not great at all or you're mad at the other person, like, just that unpredictability, I feel like, is unhealthy. Because mm-hmm. it's like, how is the other person supposed to know? How, they don't know how to act. Like, yeah. they're treading lightly. They don't. And that, I feel like that shouldn't happen in a relationship. Like, you should be feel comfortable enough to be able to talk to the other person about stuff and not be scared that it's going to end the friendship over something that you, you just want to talk about. Yeah, you should feel free to be you. Right. Like, I've actually been in friendships where I've just, like, not felt like myself. Mm-hmm. Well, not really friendships, but, like, I've gone into scenarios where I just immediately close myself off. Mm-hmm. And then even though I get to learn more about them, I feel like if I open up, they would just not like me anymore. But I've started to open up to them, and they've started to actually like me. So, you just, if they aren't going to like you for who you are, then you don't really need them. Yeah. Let's move on to the next subject, which was how to get out. And I also, this is the part that I think I most wanted to get your perspective on, because, like, talking about, like, how you can be supportive of a person and, like, tell them your opinion and be like, 
this friendship is not good for you while also not jeopardizing your and that person's friendship and not try, like trying to tell them what to do with their life, if that makes sense. Because I know you're good at that. Um, everybody's healthy, that. <laughs> you're everybody's therapist. Like a chicken with its head cut off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my god, what should I do? What should I do? Uh, maybe you should do this. And they're like, oh my god, thanks for the great advice. You helped me out so much. And I'm like... Well, I mean, I, I feel like that means that you have your head on straight then, because if you're like panicking and you spew out some random advice and it turns out being good advice, <laughs> it's coming from a good place. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, like I said before, it's like, I it's so hard to deal with um, getting out of a toxic relationship, like with one of the people that um, I had that I was friends with that ended up, the relationship was not good for me. Um, it ended up turning into like us, her yelling at me and telling me that there was something wrong with me and that like my, everyone else in my life was using me and like all this stuff. And it was like, it was the exact opposite of what anybody wants for like how, for that conversation to go. But I also think that's necessary sometimes because as uncomfortable as it is in the moment, it's also like they're going to realize how stupid they sound and like how unhinged they sound and they're going to be like, well, first of all, they're going to feel stupid, but then second of all, you're going to be like, well, what kind of friend are you to sit here and scream at me and tell me that there's something wrong with me. Now you have something else kind of in your pocket to be like, this is why this friendship is not good for me. This is why I'm ending this friendship. Exactly. And as long as you just, like, stay calm and don't, like, yell or argue back, you're going to look like you have this completely under control. And they're going to look back at that and be like, wow, I really did her wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it's so hard not to scream back, and it's so hard not to do anything back um, in, in any scenario, but if you, if you stay calm and you stay true to yourself and your values and you don't let it go to that screaming match, in the long run, you're going to look like the bigger person, and that person is going to be like, wait, like I actually let this really good person go. It's going to it's gonna hurt them more in the long run than it is going to hurt you in the... Like, you're going to hurt for a little while. Obviously, those things are going to sting, but you're going to get over it. And that person is going to have to deal with that for a long time, being like, I really messed this up. Um, so, if you saw one of your friends in a relationship, like a friendship that was not good for them what do you think you would say or like what are some things that you have said that you could like kind of help people if they're that friend that's looking in on this relationship and being like this is not good for my friend i think it kind of depends on the type of toxic relationship Mm -hmm. this person who was my friend who i was trying to get out of her out of a toxic friendship um I could tell that she knew something was wrong 
mm-hmm. but I don't know if she necessarily wanted to get out of it because like with any relationship like they had known each other for quite some time so they were yeah. still she didn't really want to lose her mm-hmm. so but I I knew my friend obviously could tell something was wrong so I feel like I took the serious approach where I literally sat her down and was like you need to stop this because this is not doing you any good and it's not going to do you any good and you just need to get out of it before your life just gets consumed by this I'm almost positive I said more than that yeah summarize yeah I'm not going to go on a whole rant (laughs) (laughs) but I took the serious approach but it really depends on how well you know that friend mm-hmm. or yourself or whatever, whoever you're yeah. trying to convince. And then what it is, like what type of toxic relationship it is. Yeah. I think the way you went about it is really smart. Um, just saying the talking more about her and being like this is not good for you like not ragging on the other person and being like this person sucks and this person is a terrible person like focusing it more on that person and being like you I can tell that you're not happy in this relationship and you may not want to admit it but I can see that and I think that's really smart because I think it can be um it could have backfired if you had taken the approach where you're like talking dirt on the other person yeah, <laughs> that probably would not have been good. But um, yeah, I think that's really smart. And I think that can be helpful to a lot of people. Um, Moral of the story, do not tear someone else down to get your friend out of the Yeah. And then I think also just like letting them be for a bit if that makes sense like letting them sit with the information and not constantly bringing it back up and being like well have you talked to this person yet because as hard as it is to watch someone go through a toxic relationship sometimes they have to like learn that lesson for themselves yeah and it's it's hard like i've watched my I've, I've watched my friend, like, this isn't a friendship, but I've watched my friend be in a relationship that she wasn't happy in. And I'm like, I can tell that you're not happy, but it's so hard to, like, because you can't control them. Like, you can't. Uh. You're always really going out on a fly. Not, like, no matter what you say, they could just, like, completely ignore what you say. And that's really, I feel like that's the scary part. Mm-hmm. The multiple possibilities, the endless possibilities, really, of how they could take your advice. Yeah. Because I know I was scared because I didn't want to, I didn't want to lose my friend. Mm-hmm. Because I was really just, like, over here, like, I know this is wrong. And then I finally came down to the conclusion, like, do I want a friend who's sad, but, like, still has me in there, like, I still have her in my life, or would I rather her be 
possibility of her ending up being happier is just more overpowering and kind of takes over my mind more than her just being like, you know what, I don't want your advice. Get out of my life. Yeah. I feel like that's, yeah, what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Like, sometimes it's almost scarier for the person who's giving the advice because, like, you you didn't know what was going to happen. You had no clue. And I, that's really hard. And I feel like that doesn't really get talked about, about, like, how the friend who's giving the advice and the friend who's been there the whole time is, like, terrified. Like, this is my friend and... I really care about them and it hurts me to watch them go through this and also like the feeling of like did I do enough did I give the right advice did I do enough to make sure that they are okay and I know like but even before I talked to her because I knew I was I was like I have to talk to her because I could tell that this is not going to go anywhere where it would end up being okay mm-hmm. and I know like I just was laying in bed and I was going through like the endless possibilities, trying to get the wording right, going it over it, over and over and over again, like with all these different scenarios of how she would react or how I would say it if I would mess up. Like if the other person walked in while I was telling her, it's like everything, literally everything yeah. came up, and I was, I was like, most of these are very probable. Like a hurricane is not going to hit the school. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, maybe it's just that I'm an overthinker. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it's really important, though, that we also, like, you don't have to involve another friend in this situation, but it can also be a lot of stress for the person who's giving the advice. I think everyone should have, like, a that kind of therapist friend in their life where they can, like, vent to or just, like, talk to. They don't necessarily have to give advice, but they can just be there to listen. And sometimes you need that person to be like, you did the right thing. And we don't know what the outcome is going to be. It's going to be, it's going to be scary for a little while. But eventually this person is going to realize this person is not good for me. And they're going to be like, thank you for telling me what you saw and telling me that this is not good for me and for having my best interest in mind. And if they don't, then they're going to, then honestly, that's their loss. They're going to be losing a really good friend to keep the one that's not good for them. Yeah. Yeah, and... (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, it's... It's, it's really hard. And then I feel like for the person who has to do the talking, like after we've gotten past the stage of like, okay, I've recognized that this is a relationship that is not supposed, that should not be in my life. Um, Like what we were talking about before, I feel like it's super important for you to stay calm and make sure that you're like keeping your composure because like I said, it's going to hurt them more in the long run than it is going to for you to stay silent in the short run. Um, I don't even know if that's, like, the right <laughs> way to say it, but we're just going to go along with it. Um, and then I, I, I feel like I touched on this in um, the breakups episode, but I said, like, obviously, 
like I said, like be calm, but you also need to be firm with it. Like you can't just compromise your happiness because this person is lying to you again or like they're making up these stories and they're like, or they're, like they're telling you these, this stuff that isn't true. And it's like, you don't, you don't need to give them a reaction and honestly, just let their words roll right off your back. And it's hard. And some of them are kind of, they're going to stick, but just that this person is going to be angry because they're not able to control you anymore. And so they're going to say some hurtful things, but you just got to take it, get out of the relationship, keep moving on with your life. They're going to regret it. They're going to be, they're going to regret losing you and it's going to be their loss. And I feel like another thing is, um, it's really scary to have to tell someone um, to that you're not comfortable being friends with them anymore. Not only emotionally, but I feel like if this person, this is kind of like different, but like if this person is a physical person, it's really scary because you're like I don't know what this what I don't know what they're gonna do I, I'm scared for my safety and I, that's like a huge red flag right there like if you're scared for your safety to talk to this person about how you're feeling like that's an issue that's when you bring a friend that's when you bring a friend buddy system <laughs> <laughs> but I think that is super super good advice and I think that'll be useful um, okay. And then the last thing that I wanted to cover was how to recover. Because I can't quite remember if I mentioned this at the beginning. Huh? As in you. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> um, I feel like it's almost kind of like a breakup in a sense. Like it's you can't really compare the two, but um, you're losing someone that was really close to you and sometimes closer than a romantic relationship. And that's really, really hard. Um, and like, they, they like, they know you. And that's really scary to like, let that person go. Um, and things are going to be really different for a long time, especially because like, I've heard, um, uh, stories from people and like it, this is like off track but like if you have if like you went through a breakup like and you live with that person that's a different kind of breakup like people have been like I almost drove back to where we used to live together and like if roommates broke up or like they broke off the friendship like that can be it can be so hurtful to like almost go back to the that person's place like I guess what I'm trying to get at is that like when you are friends with someone you're really close and you spend a lot of your time together you you have a routine together and it's 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 going to be hard to break that routine and it's going to hurt for a long time but I feel like you're just going to be happier in the long run um okay I had another question for you which was how do you think that you can, as the friend, be there to... <laughs> She's, like, templing her hands right now. I know you can't see her, but it's 
It was hilarious. Um, how can you, as the friend, be there for that person um, and, like, help them recover in a healthy way? Yeah, I feel like when you lose a friend, you feel really alone. Um, and if you have someone there, like you said, whether they know it or not, they're going to really appreciate um, you being there for them and letting them know that they're not alone and that they still have people that love them <clears throat> and care about them and that just showing them how strong their support system is. And I feel like what you said, like, yeah, obviously give them space if they need it, like, respect that. But at a certain point, you gotta kind of drag them out of their house if it's getting to that point and be like, okay. Like, if it's been, like, a month and they're still moping around or whatever, like, there's got, there there has to be a point where you, you're like, okay, I know this really hurts right now and I know it's sad. But I know this place that could help cheer you up. And so will you come hang out with me? Because I've missed spending time time with you. And like, again, just making sure that you're like keeping it on them and being like, I miss you. Or no, keeping it on you and being like, I miss you. Not saying like, you never talk to me anymore or something like that. Yeah. Like the accusation, I, I feel like is the wrong the route. <laughs> <laughs> um, the accusation is never the best route, but. I feel like that's that's good advice where you're like being there for them and being supportive but also like not being too pushy. And I think that's really helpful. Okay. So thank you so much. You're welcome.
This was really fun, and I think your pers- yeah, um, I think your perspective is going to be really beneficial for a lot of people. I'm really glad we did this. Yeah. So thank you. Um, okay, so I was going to record this kind of little itty-bitty segment with Olivia, but she had to go. So I just wanted to give a little teaser, and I hate to be the person to, um, like, be like, this is coming, but I'm not going to tell you it because surprises. But I'm going to be that person for a second, but not in an annoying way, if that makes sense. So basically... Um, I ended the recording, but we still were on the call and we were just talking about, um, how, like, she was kind of apprehensive to come on at first, but then she realized, oh my gosh, this is, like, really fun and I loved it. Um, and we came up with an idea. And so, do not worry, Olivia's gonna be coming back soon and very often because I promise I'm gonna have other guests Um, but we are going to be starting a series, which I am so excited for. I'm obviously, it's going to have a little bit more um, graphic kind of stuff in it. So I'm going to put a trigger warning at the beginning of all episodes. I might even just make those episodes, um, explicit, but I am very, very excited for that. And I think that it can be really enjoy, uh, enjoyable and, um, I, I don't want to say what it is quite yet because we still have to plan it and we, it's just an idea right now and it we're, I'm just making sure that it's actually going to happen first, um, but we are super excited about it and so I'm just letting you all know, Olivia will be back very, very soon. Okay, so now I'm going to do recommendations and then wrap this up. Um... So the book I wanted to recommend is called 99 Days. It's by Katie Katungo. And like I said, I'm always going to read the back. Day one, Julia Donnelly eggs my house my first night back in Star Lake. She has every right to hate me, of course. I broke Patrick Donnelly's heart the night everything happened with his brother Gabe. Day four, a nasty note on my windshield makes it clear Julia isn't finished. I'm expecting a fight when someone taps me on the shoulder, but it's just Gabe. Home from college and actually happy to see me. For what it's worth, Molly Barrow, he says, I'm really glad you're back. Day 12. Gabe wouldn't quit till he got me to come to this party, and I'm surprised to find I'm actually having fun. I think he's about to kiss me, and that's when I see Patrick. My Patrick, who's supposed to be clear across the country. My Patrick, who's never going to forgive me. 87 days of summer to go, and history is repeating itself. The last thing I want is to come between the Donnelly brothers again, but the truth is, the Donnelly stole my heart a long time ago. So this book is more of a, um, has more of a focus on, like, a toxic, um, like, romantic relationship because there's a lot of cheating that goes on in that book. But I, there is also a toxic friendship in there and, like, the main character is completely blinded by that and, or she, like, is so quick to forgive people, um, and, like, obviously she's messed up in the past, as you'll see, but this person had no right to be mad at her over it or well she obviously had she had a right to be mad but she didn't need to treat her the way she did and it's just talking about like how I think it relates more closely than any of the other books I had planned so that's that um I don't really have a song that relates to the topic of this week 
So I'm just going to do a song that I've been kind of obsessed with recently. Um, and literally has nothing to do with this song, but it's called You Got It. It's by Vito, V-E-D-O. Oh my gosh, the vocals in this song is absolutely amazing. I love, uh, they're, they're, they're just good, okay? They're, they're just good. Um, amazing. Okay, so like I said, book, Katie, 99 Days by Katie Katungo. Song, You Got It by Vito, that's V-E-D-O, V as in Velcro. Um, <laughs> this is the first thing that came to my mind. All right, I think I'm going to wrap this up. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Like I said in the beginning, thank you so much for the support. Like I said, coming back every week means so much to me. Um, thank you for 200 listens. That's literally insane. And, um, I think that's it. So again, huge, huge thank you for to Olivia for coming on. Like I said, you guys will be hearing more of her in the future. And I think that's it. So go check out the recommendations. Thank you all for the support. Thank you, Olivia, for coming on. I love you all, and I'll see you guys next week. Bye.